0: Good Sunday morning, this is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you on your Sunday morning, your drive time. Maybe this morning you are traveling a distance, you're headed down the highway, you've turned it on to KBOE 104.9 FM on your radio, and I just want to thank you for listening and be safe out there as you're traveling. What a beautiful day to drive, almost 50 degrees, who would believe that in Iowa in the midst of January. We have had thus far a pretty impressive January, and uh, man, we're, uh, we're loving that, we just hope this keeps right on going. The only downfall is for those that are fighting the construction and uh, in the mud and also to those farmers out there, you guys are fighting mud and you'd probably rather do it dry up or freeze up. <laughs> but we can't have both. But anyway, that's how it is. God is control of that as well. And also, too, maybe you're on your way to church this morning. I just want to give a big shout out to all you folks that you're headed on your way to church you get an opportunity to head and worship the Lord. I just encourage you to do so today. It's important that gathering together, there's just something about that as Christians. When we gather together, we get in church, we get we get to have relationship, not with the most importantly with God himself, but also to relationship with, the, with each other. And that's just essential. I believe in your Christian journey and also to his brothers and sisters of the Lord and uh, just hope you enjoy your your morning and also to those of you that say Mike I listen to my home this is my home time you are my church and I want to thank you so much for allowing me to be that for you today and just pray that We got a good teaching, I think. Something I'm already excited about, as you can tell, but generally speaking, I usually am anyway. But I'm just thankful for the Lord's blessing. And we pray that today, as we get ready to do the teaching, continue our series, this this is living, that uh, it'll be a good one for us this morning. Also, two events, Vital Men has started back up. You can go to our VitalMinistries.org webpage. Check it out. You can find four. We're in four different locations. We're in Knoxville, Ottumwa, Oskaloosa, and also New Sharon. And we are doing King David. We're in 2nd. Samuel, if you want to jump into an incredible Bible study, I encourage you to jump in. Look, find out the nearest location. Also, to find out where they're meeting and be a part of Vital Men. Just some good stuff. And also, too, we're going to be having our next Warrior Breakfast. We always do it the first Saturday of each month. Our next one is in February. We're always at the Lighthouse Church in New Sharon, Iowa. We moved the time from 8 to 9. Man, we had a bunch of good group of men uh, this past uh, uh, week. That came to the warrior breakfast and I loved it when some of these men they brought their young sons with them and I think that's pretty exciting because those young boys get to see what it means to look like a godly man and how men should act and I tell you what what better way to figure that out is bring them around Christian men I just encourage you you don't want to miss that out we serve incredibly good food uh, just at what I call a man's breakfast and uh, I usually, for the most part, do most of the teaching for that. And you don't want to miss out on that. Again, uh, the vital, uh, excuse me, the Warrior Breakfast at the Lighthouse Church. Ev- first saturday of every month from 8 to 9 don't miss out on that just another opportunity also too we send out devotionals 5 days a week for for men and for the women 6 days a week for both men and women for vital life my wife is the writer for vital life she does an exceptional job i just encourage you another way to get plugged in in the midst of your day in the midst of your busy life that you can do something and take it to a, deep, a deeper level in the midst of how busy you are. And again, I just encourage you to take those time and check it out. But with that being said, we're going to jump right in this morning. We are continuing our series, like I just said, This is Living. We talked about there is only one good news, which is that Jesus Christ lived, took on a cross for our sins, died was resurrected from the dead on the third day and now sits at the right hand of the Father at the resurrection. This was Paul's message to the Galatian church that Jesus wasn't about laws or legalism but having a relationship with him, with the Lord himself. And that relationship you will experience, I promise folks, freedom in Christ. See, the world is always looking for freedom outside of Christ. The world says freedom is being consumed in your favorite ball team. Now, I'm not saying enjoying a sports team is wrong. So please, umbrella of mercy, that is not what I'm saying. I like the Chicago Cubs as a baseball team, and I'm also a Chiefs fan, as I love watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Who can't? Who doesn't, as you watch Mahomes and he does his magic on the football field, amazing. But see, enjoying those teams doesn't define who I am. See, some people get so caught up in the midst of sports that they live that sport to a, a, a level that I think is, I don't know, you just have to pay attention to that, but make keep things, what I would say, in right perspective. Also, I think a lot of times people, especially parents, will live sports through their kids. See, every weekend, if you want, you can take your kids to a sporting event when, in which they're involved in. And again, I'm not saying that is bad, but here's the here's the issue. But it only keeps them from having fellowship with other believers, other kids on Sunday. Only, this is the downfall as a parent. You do that all week, and then you do it all weekend, and you come to Monday. You only feel exhausted by Sunday night. You have nothing left, and then you head on Monday to go about in your uh, your week, and you're so exhausted that you dread Monday mornings. And I tell you what, folks. That is skewed, I believe, with all this within me. The enemy has taken advantage of that, making entertainment within the sports itself in a wrong, wrong perspective. But again, everything takes balance. But let's keep going. Oh, I also see people trying to find freedom from their favorite actor or singer. Trying to look like them, wearing their clothes, trying to be someone who they're not. There is no freedom in that. But we'll even try to find freedom in being consumed. This is one for me, back when I was younger, in our own work. I allowed that to happen early on in my uh, construction business, and I've, I've shared that multiple times, but I ate, slept, and drank building houses. I worked from sunup to sundown, I became a framing machine. The only problem is, it, I took my family to church on Sunday, but literally after I got home on Sunday, I passed out after lunch until Sunday evening, and went to church, and then did it all over again on Monday. So here, here's what happened in my in my situation. I neglected my wife. I neglected my kids. And most of all, I neglected my relationship with Jesus Christ. Instead of, of living in freedom, I was truly in bondage of my own career. But man, I built a lot of houses during that time. But say, I, the reason I'm sharing this with you this morning is to show you how hard I worked. But my focus and life wasn't going in the right direction. To be honest, eventually it all caught up with me, and with that being said, part of that was uh, the reason why my part was why my first marriage failed, and I was neglecting my spouse, and I, I even went through an embezzlement in the midst of our business, and almost lost everything. It was my breaking point, and that's where Jesus met me and helped me to find freedom in him. I hope this morning that this, that, that you get, that this speaks to someone, that this is living is only found in relationship with Jesus himself. This morning, before we jump into the teaching, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be free? What does it look like to live a life of freedom? So let's jump in this morning and we we'll open up Galatians. Those of you are home, open the Galatians chapter 2 and we're continuing our series this is living and we're going to start with verses 11 through 14. But my first point this morning is this is dealing with confrontation. Now this is what happens. This is this is Paul and Peter dealing with a confrontational moment. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him face to face, for what he did was wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers and was not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of the criticism from those from these people who insisted on, this, on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas was laid astray by their own Hypocrisy itself. So when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you are a Jew by birth and have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you not trying to make the Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Good question. We're going to stop there and dig in to see what that means. See, Paul deals with confrontation head on. He doesn't mess around. He's seen how even Peter is falling back into the deception of Jewish law as to living a Christ as living in Christ and having freedom. See, according to the Jewish faith, God required circumcision of the flesh, which is found. If you go back to look in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 17, 9 through 14, requiring every Jewish male to be circumcised. That was with Abraham. That was a covenant between God and Abraham. They were were pushing that Jewish tradition on the Gentile Christian males. Only problem was, that was old Jewish law. Not living in freedom in Christ. See, true circumcision for the Christian believer is circumcision, get this, of the heart, not of the flesh. I'm going to say that again. True circumcision for the Christian believer is circumcision... Of the heart, let me let me try to describe that a little bit more in Scripture. And if you go to, in the Bible, Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says this, and this is out of the Message Bible, and it says, and that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters, and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. So here it goes. Stay clear of barking dogs. Those religious busybodies all bark and no bite. All they're trying, they're interested in, is appearances. Knife happy circum circumcisers, I call them. See, the real believer are the ones ones of the spirit of God that leads to work away this ministry. Fill in the air with Christ's praises as we do. This is what's happening. They were pulling back, falling back in tradition as to having true relationship with Christ himself and living in grace. That's what was going on. In this, in this. That's why Paul was bringing it to the attention to the Galatian churches. Matter of fact, if you remember last week we talked about, he says, I am surprised about how you are going back against of what was said. He says, I don't understand it. He's he's, go, he's, he's He says, I'm shocked that you are turning so soon from God, and going back to your legalistic ways. See, legal law said it was was okay for... Um, back in the day, I, I got a story here I want to share with you this morning. Legal law said it wasn't okay for pastors to go into taverns or any kind of establishments of that kind. But see, grace and relationship in a pastor help my dad, and I want to share a story about this morning, because this, and I've said this before, but this is important. There was a pastor at one time, Pastor Reverend Heneke from the Nazarene Church, and my dad, he was dealing with, with alcohol and alcoholism, and along with multiple other of my of my family members but in, and my dad he there was a place that they would always meet and a, and some people will remember this back in the day there was a there was a, a tavern by the name of duffy's it was literally right across the street from attrition motors now with that being said that was a place that was a hangout a lot of construction people met there a lot of people of uh, 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 of that kind just did that and what would happen was this is one day, Pastor Heneke decided that he was going to allow legalism or what anybody said, he goes into the tavern to meet my father face to face. Now, this was interesting. A lot of the men inside of that tavern knew and respected Brother Henicky. When Pastor Heneke would come in, he sat down across the table with my father and told my dad, Phil... I'm not going to leave until you leave with me. Now, my dad was had a lot of respect for Pastor Heneke. And if it hadn't have been for that kind of a man and that kind of respect, my dad probably would have done business. But my dad respected this man. See, this man came in. He didn't allow the legalism and the legalistic ways of things. He went right in, confronted my father, and waited for my dad to come out. Now, with that being said, he'd, he'd done that at different times and, and, and he walked with my mom and, and helped my father to find out that the true freedom that he could experience would be f- through Jesus Christ. My dad went later and, and, and got dried out and got his life back on track and it's been amazing how the impact that that has made. In my family's life. Matter of fact, folks, I would not be sitting here probably this morning speaking to you had it not been for the man of Reverend Henneke who went in after my father. He didn't allow legalism to put of what other people said, he did as the Holy Spirit moved him and went in after my father. And I think that's important for us. And, and I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more. But see, Paul, Paul says this, says about law, and it's important for us. We're gonna we're gonna look this morning, and it says on 15 through 17, and this is what he says. He says. You and I are Jews by birth. He's talking to Peter here, like the Gentiles. Yet you, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying religious law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that he might be made right with God because of faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right Before God, by simply obeying the law. Which brings me my second point this morning, number two, is this. Living the crucified life. And I want to show you, we're going to keep reading from 17 to 21. This is some really good stuff this morning, folks. So I'm hoping that you get something from that. And how God, I've only got two points for you, but this is powerful. This is what it says in the Bible in verse 17. It says, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ. And then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner, and if I rebuild the old system, the law, I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all the requirements of the law and to be crucified with Christ. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer who who. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Man, there's a lot of stuff there this morning, folks, as we look at legalism and about the importance of grace itself. But my focus this morning is this. I want us to focus on Galatians 2.20. And I'm going to read that again. I have been crucified with Christ. I no, no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. Man, I tell you what, if I was in church, I'd be saying, can I get an amen this morning? Because that is powerful speaking. So what Paul is saying is not literally a physical crucifixion, but living a crucified life to dying to religion. Jesus wants you to be free in Him. And I want to show you something this morning in Matthew chapter 16, 21 through 25. If you got time, you can open up your Bibles there this morning. Or if not, you can just stay with me. There's some really good stuff here. But let's see what Jesus says in this portion of 21 through uh, through 25. And this is what He says. Now, Jesus turned to Peter. He says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from the human point of view and not from God's. Jesus is talking to Peter because Peter has reprimanded him as saying, heaven forbid, that he would take on the cross. But this is what Jesus says to his disciples. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what to do is benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Is there anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with the angels in the glory of his Father and to judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before the Son of Man is coming to the kingdom of God. Now, that's pretty interesting stuff that we got going here on this morning. But see, Jesus was telling Peter that he needed to die to religion. See, again, we see Peter time and time again speaking without thinking, and this is what's going on here. He is hanging up on religious law and not realizing that Jesus was bringing grace to the world. Peter wanted Jesus to change the situation, but Jesus wanted to change him. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Peter wanted Jesus to change the situation, but Jesus wanted to change him, and that's what Jesus wants for us. To be a changed people, we all deal with hard things, don't we, in our lives. Last week, this is pretty awesome. I had a friend of mine text me telling me that, his 5 week old son was in intensive care at Blank Hospital. This is uh, I received the text just before our warrior breakfast last Saturday at the Lighthouse Church. He texted me. He says, "Mike, he asked me to ask the men to pray for his son." So we did. Next morning on Sunday morning, his his grandfather came up to me and says, "You won't believe what what happened." I found out this morning by his son-in-law, at the time that we were praying, that the fever broke in his grandson. See, I believe we serve a God that hears our prayers, but he just wants us to lift them up. The next day, the little boy advanced to good health and was released from the hospital. Man, how cool is that? But we wanted to but see this is the interest when we get into situations like this. We wanted to change the situation, but we all have similar situations like this. But Jesus wants us wants to change us, not necessarily change the situation. How did we change? In increased faith. God brought life and peace to the situation, and He will do that for you as well, no matter what circumstances that you're in. So don't get all bent out of shape when the situation seems endless, because God wants to take that. He's trying to work through that situation that you're wanting to change, because He's wanting to change you. But this one, I want to read on for another one. We're going to read out of Romans 6, 6-7, and it says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. See, folks, Peter was struggling in Galatians to be one one way with the Jews and another way with the Gentiles, and that's why Paul confronted him. And actually, folks, Peter actually handled the confrontation well. He didn't push back. He listened to Paul and then made changes. And I want to show you this morning three ways of being crucified, why it's vital. And, I, and, and, it is, and it's it's amazing this morning. I, I, I'm excited about this. I can't wait to share it with you. But if, uh, the first one, if you got a chance, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm I'm going through my Bible here real quick. 15.31. And I want to show you. The first one is this. Crucify self. And it says this out of of 1 Corinthians 15.31. And it says this. It says, For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. Now, this is pretty cool. See, in see, in order to... Not go back to religion. You have to die to yourself every day. So how do we do that? We take time to to go through the different places in our life and and give them and crucify that and give it back to Jesus. And I think that's essential for us because here's another thing I think is really really important. That John the Baptist got it because he knew what we, he knew his place. He was the forerunner for Jesus. But when Jesus came, he said this in John chapter. Uh, Excuse me. In John chapter three, verse thirty, this is what he says. He says this. He says he must become Jesus. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That's the essential part of living: crucified to self. You got to continue each day. That means that Mike has to become less and less, so that Christ can become more and more. I hope that speaks to somebody this morning. So here's 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 my second one. You have to crucify my flesh. See Galatians 5:24 says this: Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. See, live by principle and not by pressure. Choices, not by feelings. Conviction of God's word, not my personal opinion. And that's going to be essential for us in the flesh because we got so many things that's trying to speak to us. I like what Joshua 24 15 says. Joshua says this at the end of his days. He says, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's essential because we have to crucify our flesh every day. Now, the third one is this crucify the world it says this in Galatians six fourteen. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world see here, here here's something that's important now what I'm saying we don't want to be a part of the world but we still have to engage in it now a lot of people really get that mixed up and I want to prove that to you this morning You can't have a world mindset because a world mindset will kill you. If you allow the school system to shape your children, they will be lost. Our universities no longer teach our young adults to live and make the world a better place. No, they will tell you, young adult children, that the world is about them. And if you don't believe that, all you have to do is walk onto a university and you can see this. Majority of the students heads down, looking at the phone, and not communicating or speaking to one another. And that's what's so critical for us is that we have raised a generation that thinks this is okay. But I want to pass on 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 7 through 18. It says this. Therefore, come out from come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be your father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord the Almighty. So the action step for us this morning is this. The action step. For the first one, which is crucify self, is humility. The action step for crucifying your flesh is choices. The action step for crucified world is separation. See, folks, that's the world we live in, and that's what we got to make the decision on the choices that we make of how God works to living a crucified life. Folks, I am absolutely out of time. Time just moves so quickly. But I hope this morning that you got a glimpse of what it means to be crucified with Christ. About what Paul was saying, it's no longer that I live, but that He lives in me. You want to have a life that has meaning, that this is living? Then live a crucified life life to the lord less of you more of him and i promise you this folks you will have freedom let's pray this morning dear jesus again i want to thank you so much for being a part of our lives i want to thank you that we can truly experience freedom of you by living a crucified life that we no longer exist because of what we want of what mike wants but about what you want through me Lord, I pray that the latter part of my life, and I'm in my senior part, Lord, I pray that you make more of you and less of me. I pray that somebody this morning that within my voice is hearing the same thing, they're yearning for the same thing, they want the same freedom. I just pray that they live a crucified life, give everything to you, die to themselves, and allow freedom to reign and serve you for the rest of the days of your life. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for coming and dying on a cross for us to be crucified. But later you rose three days, and now you sit at the right hand of the Father. Thanks isn't even sufficient. But that's all we have. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and who you are through us. In your precious holy name, I pray. Amen. Folks, it's exciting. We're going to continue the series. This is living. You don't want to miss out next week. We got some powerful stuff. A lot of scripture. A lot of theology that's going to be backed around. You don't want to miss it. This is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries.